Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. And welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. Uh, we have with us our business editor, John Celentano, and our technology editor, Sharp Smith. Before we get started, we wanted to talk about uh, Inside Towers Intelligence, which is sponsoring this podcast. And it's a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem and looks at market trends, capital expenditures, uh, relevant M&A transactions, and more. And John, you've been involved in putting that together. You want to say a few words about intelligence? Yeah, Jim, intelligence is uh, really um, a market analysis report that uh, is a companion to our daily newsletter. Uh, we really gear it for managers, marketers, investors, and try to deliver uh, what we call uh, actionable market intelligence. So um, we sell it on an annual subscription basis. Uh, we include a, an exclusive briefing after each issue, an intelligence briefing, you know, and, um, and we provide unlimited online support. So um, the uh, 2022 volume three issue is out now that's based on the uh, second quarter uh, results from all the companies that we cover. And, um, you know, we, we encourage you to find out more information or, or to, to subscribe. Uh, just visit our website, insidetowers.com slash intelligence. Very good. Well, to show you, we're covering the wide world of towers. Uh, John, what was happening in Europe? This past week, yeah, lots, lots going on in the European market, and uh, you know, inside towers, so we try to be international in our scope. A um, couple of uh, stories this week. Uh, one has to do with um, uh, French telecom giant uh, Orange, or in France they say Orange. Um, you know, has outlined several uh, power-saving measures as the company looks to combat the growing energy crisis that is expected to grip Europe, Europe this winter. Um, that's according to data center dynamics. Uh, Orange's position uh, follows recent assessments highlighting that the European wireline and mobile network operators likely could fa- face a bleak winter with blackouts as energy producers ration supplies. And we've covered this um, uh, in earlier articles. Uh, obviously, the potential power issues are fueled by Russians' invasion of Ukraine, and they, Russia's decided to halt gas deliveries to Europe. And uh, so Orange is responding by, um, it recently confirmed that it will cut five to 10% of its, uh, what it calls instantaneous electricity consumption for one hour a day. Now this involves uh, switching to battery backup for uh, that one hour interval at several thousand fixed uh, network sites that uh, over the year can help save up to 20 megawatts. Um, Company made clear that uh, such moves won't have any impact on its users. Uh, for example, it's uh, implemented since uh, the beginning of September. It's uh, at its retail stores. It sh- shuts off the um, the lighting at these stores within 30 minutes after customers uh, leave the store. So, you know, the company is adopting these measures as a way to um, support the French government's concern. Uh, the, uh, the, of the looming power shortages. Um, CEO Christelle Hedeman <clears throat> said that these uh, the, these measures um, will will save up to the 10% uh, that they're targeting. Um, a number of um, uh, mobile network operators in Europe, uh, tower companies included, are looking at greater use of renewable energy sources like wind and power 
at uh, their various sites to reduce the reliance uh, on the electric grid and to reduce power bills. Uh, even data center operators are where they like Equinix and Digital Realty, where they have uh, backup generators uh, in case the power fails. Typically, the Equinix, for example, keeps its tanks filled to 60%, but now they're raising that to 90% across many of its sites. So, um, you know, every company has taken steps to, to combat uh, what they anticipate will be some uh, tough power issues uh, for the coming winter. The other story that we covered <clears throat> um, uh, highlighted the findings of a report from uh, GSMA, the, uh, the Global um, uh, Mobile uh, Operator uh, Association. Um, uh, basically, it was saying that, <clears throat> you know, although Europe is moving ahead with 5G expansion, uh, it's really lagging uh, what other countries are doing. Um, you know, the European Commission back in 2021 set this goal for but that by 2030, um, Europe would uh, be um, would be highly digitized uh, in, a, in a plan they called the digital decade, um, where uh, consumers, businesses, uh, government agencies would uh, operate in a, uh, with greater digital uh, functionality and um, and uh, as a result, to be more productive and uh, on the world stage, be more competitive. You know, the linchpin of all of that is that 5G is, is the platform on which a lot of this will happen. Well, uh, 5G is underway in Europe, but um, uh, it's, uh, it's at a rate and a pace that seems that it, will, it, it won't quite um, penetrate uh, the mobile um, user base to the extent that other countries are. But... <clears throat> Uh, so, for example, uh, the, um, the report predicts that by 2025, the 5G adoption across Europe will reach about 44% of all wireless connections, with the UK and Germany having the highest rates at 61 and 59%, respectively. Um, at that time, 4G is still expected to be over half the, uh, the uh, mobile connections in all of Europe. But uh, this compares to... Um, you know, higher rates of adoption, like in South Korea, is, uh, which is ex 5G is expected to reach 73% of the population. And Japan and the U.S. are in the high 60s, around 68%. So, um, you know, the money is, is being invested. Uh, the, the report indicates that over the uh, 2022 to 2025 period, the European uh, wireless carriers are expected to spend an aggregate of about $120 billion on, on new network infrastructures. Um, but, um, you know, the concern still is that it's not fast enough and that, uh, if, uh, Europe is unable to keep up, then it may, it may fall behind, but, uh, it's an ongoing story. It, you know, all the different countries are moving at different rates. Um, uh, GSMA looks at the, the region as a whole, but, um, you know, we know that, uh, 5G is being rolled out and, um, you know, what, one of the aspects of that is that uh, many European uh, MNOs are adopting uh, 5G standalone networks. Um, it's already available in Finland, Germany, and Italy, and we expect more deployments in the next few years. And with 5G standalone, you can do a lot of things uh, in terms of addressing use cases in business, industry, and government that take advantage of 5G's uh, high data throughput and low latency. So... We're going to keep watching it. I think it's an interesting development. It uh, speaks to the the commitment that countries and, and mobile operators around the world are making to 5G. But um, 
Um, uh, we'll see how it plays out. Very good. Sharp, what do you got? Yes, Jim. Uh, I thought it was, uh, it was interesting in the last week, uh, there was um, the GSMA and Mobile World Congress uh, conference in Las Vegas had some, uh, some announcements and uh, Verizon did a, uh, a keynote where they, uh, they unveiled what, how they're going to address the fixed wireless access market uh, by uh, combining home entertainment into their offering. And uh, the, we've talked a lot about fixed wireless access, mostly thinking about you know, uh, uh, coverage and uh, fiber and houses passed and, and, uh, and uh, that type of thing. And uh, I think that what they've uh, really, really uh, unveiled is, is uh, how they're gonna get people to, to sign up for it. What's, what's going to differentiate uh, their offering from, uh, uh, from, from the cable offering or uh, uh, for you know, uh, the, uh, um, any other type of entertainment offering. And uh, uh, so it's, it's early days. But um, in this keynote uh, delivered by uh, Krista Bourne, Chief Operating Officer for uh, Verizon Consumer Group, and Aaron McPherson, Chief Content Officer, um, they said uh, a powerful home entertainment combined with enriching, inspiring content subscriptions will change how we live, work, and play. We know that devices are only as strong as the networks they're on. Verizon was the most and the greatest depth of coverage, providing the best, blah, 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 blah. Um, the, uh, I think the really interesting part of this is that uh, it, uh, it takes, it takes, um, uh, it's, it's another stab, if you will, uh, the, uh, of the wireless industry to, uh, quote unquote, quote unquote, not be the dumb pipe and uh, uh, provide uh, the content going over the wireless system. And uh, we all saw AT&T tried to do that with, uh, with Time Warner and we saw it fail. But uh, obviously they, uh, they, they believe that, uh, that they can't be just uh, just a fixed wireless access system where you put a you put a, a, a you know a little dish outside your house and uh, and pick up uh, uh, pick up a wireless signal and uh, another detail that they that they uh, uh, they divulged was uh, they have what they call the Verizon router which is based on the tri-band Wi-Fi 6C. Qualcomm Networking Pro Series platform, and uh, that's the that's the latest and the greatest uh, of uh, of the Wi-Fi technology. You know, a lot of throughput, um, and uh, and they're going to attack you know the holy grail of uh, of of uh, communications right now. It seems to be is to uh, capture the gaming crowd, and uh, that's. That's something where uh, 
the wireless industry has always sort of believed that that uh, the the idea of of, uh, of producing a, a low latency, uh, really high speed signal. Uh, you know, who needs that? Do I need that? Not really. Not to watch Fred Astaire dance with Ginger Rogers, uh, but you know, if uh, if I had a child that was gaming, you know, that that's a big deal. Uh, so uh, so they're offering gaming, uh, entertainment, music, and of course an NFL subscription service. So uh, so yeah, this could be the uh, well, it's definitely the latest salvo in what we're seeing as being the uh, the ongoing uh, battle between uh, wireless and cable. And uh, so uh, watch this space. There'll be uh, there'll be more fireworks to come. Very good. And uh, throughout last week, of course, we we covered uh, all the damage done by Ian down there in Florida, and all the heroic work being done by the carriers. And uh, that was a kind of an ongoing story. Uh, obviously, the sort of the big news that kind of permeated the the entire week. I think most of the cell sites are back up operating. So kudos to. Uh, Kudos to all the, the, the networks and carriers for, for uh, getting all that back back up online, which is vital for those poor people down there still trying to recover from all of that. Um, as long as we're down in the southern southern part of the country, we'll just drop down a little bit farther that uh, there's a story about uh, America Mobile, who's Carlos Slim's uh, company, uh, the the large Mexican carrier, and they had um, taken their tower portfolio uh, and spun it off into a separate company called uh, Sitios Latino America. And that uh, debuted in the stock market this past week. Um, and uh, I guess there's no putting a Nice, nice uh, light on this, but uh, it, it kind of tanked. Um, it upon its debut, it dropped thirty percent uh, in shares. Uh, this was according to Reuters. Uh, this was an inventory of twenty nine thousand towers that uh, this separate company now under American Mobile, Citios uh, Latino America. Um, they are listed on Mexico's main stock exchange, and with the uh, 3.19 billion shares. And this was all set up uh, in August. Uh, uh, so it, it, it finally made its debut this past week. Uh, analysts, and John, you could you could speak to this as well, but uh, analysts said um, that uh, the recent market volatility and uh, the, the debut share price of um, 16 and a half pesos, which is 82 cents, uh, did not adequately incorporate the market's opinions of the new company. And uh, so that's that's what happened with that. John, what was your, your take on that? You know, as an infrastructure business, uh, it's got a lot of pluses to it. We've seen that uh, time and again around uh, in markets uh, globally, actually. There's a lot of value in those towers. Uh, I think it, it struck me that they there was some something amiss in how they priced the 
the value of the, of the company uh, when they attempted to list it. You know, these companies are not historically <clears throat> organized in a way that you can understand the the finances uh, uh, and, and make evaluations uh, from an investor point of view, at least the uh, stock market point of view. Obviously, the investors that um, private equity investors and, and infrastructure companies that do these investments know how to how to value the company. But uh, it just struck me there was uh, something off with uh, with uh, the way they went to the stock market with uh, share prices and uh, obviously the, <laughs> the stock market pushed back. So uh, a little bit of a surprise to me actually, but uh, uh, I don't think it has, uh, it reflects on the underlying fundamentals of the tower business per se. It's really, um, you know, some something to do with, um, you know, the mechanics of, of listing it and, uh, and how it was perceived. Uh, uh, the Carlos Slim in that group does, they don't make too many mistakes. So, uh, yeah, they don't. That's interesting. <laughs> um, John, did you have anything else? Uh, you know, I think we're we're up to date for now, Jim. Um, you know, there's lots uh, still going on. We're obviously we're we're monitoring. You know, the impacts of uh, the macroeconomic environment, inflation, uh, interest rates, and the like, and and certainly that's it's beating up on these stocks uh, uh, pretty badly, but. <clears throat> You know, and we've written about it a couple of times before. This is it does not take away from the uh, the strength of the underlying business in these uh, carriers and in, in the tower companies. Uh, we're coming up on the third quarter earnings calls in a couple of weeks, and we'll see um, if there's any changes in the outlook on any of these companies in terms of their guidance and how they see their business unfolding through the balance of the year and into the new year. Uh, and that's something we're going to cover pretty closely, but. Um, um, uh, you know, for now, I think we're up to date. Okay, great. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, and that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. For a complete rundown of all the week's news, check out our Saturday edition, and we'll see you in a week. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.